Hello Rebels, before we kick off today's episode, let me ask you a question. What if we could help you unlock your marketing superpower in one day or less? Actually, to be precise, I mean three hours. Yes, you heard it right. What I'm asking you is three hours of your time to join us for a brand new intensive experience on Marketing Deep Dive. One day masterclass that will help you create marketing strategies that capture hearts and mind. And every single masterclass is going to dive deep into one of our favorite topics of marketing. Maybe that email marketing, hiring, or even automations and beyond. If you want to get the fast track ticket to become irresistible, then I suggest you check out our upcoming marketing deep dive, where you're going to get two hours of hands-on training with lots of exercises and practical group work as well. Plus one hour bonus office hours and Q&A. Oh, and we also have a personalized dashboard and bonus templates to help you apply what you learn in our three hours. And just to put a little bow on it, you also get a certificate of completion to show up wherever you can see. If you'd like to find out what is coming up next and which one is our next marketing deep dive, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash masterclass. There you'll be able to find our schedule with our upcoming masterclass for you to join. On with today's show. Hello team and welcome back to Old Marketing School. It's Fab here, your squirrel friend and head teacher at Old Marketing School. In the past month, we talked about Instagram a lot, but let's be honest, lover or hater, it's always something that marketers will talk about as a platform that has lots of potential. You might have lost your faith when it comes to Instagram and I hear you. However, I'm here to bring back some faith and some good vibes as well as top level hacks from Elle Money. Yes, Elle Social on Instagram. She's with us today to talk about all good things Instagram. She is actually an Instagram coach herself, which means she has helped hundreds of business owners reclaim and better understand how to use Instagram for themselves. So we hear from some of these clients as well in some of the experiences and stories that she shares. I'm biased, but I genuinely believe that Hell has a knack for making Instagram easy for people. And that's literally what her USP is. If you have been struggling on Instagram, I will encourage you to listen and join us for this chat. It's going to be super insightful. There are so many acts and lessons. Literally, she's been very generous with her knowledge and time. So I hope you're going to enjoy this and love it. And obviously, go and check out Elle and ourselves on Instagram because it is indeed one of our platforms of choice too. But as always, I'm really excited to hear what you think. So don't forget to rate, subscribe, do all the good things and let us know what we should talk about next. In the meantime, may today's class begin. Again, I'm, I'm just really, really impressed just to start off the conversation officially. Very, very impressed with the color coding and the brand <laughs> color that Elle is giving me today. So I already praised you. But you said you actually have. So brand's color for Elle is purple. So now I have to ask you the question. What came first? The, the color <laughs> or the brand? And you were like, well, this is going to be my brand color. So now I need to rehaul my old wardrobe. What, what came first? <laughs> 
Definitely the brand colours. Um, yeah, I actually chose my font first and fell in love with it. I get so many messages about what font is. And most people don't know it's paid, which kind of saves me, I think. Otherwise, everybody would have it. Um, and then I was like, what colours work? Loved the purple. And have you ever used, I believe it's called coolers. So it's like colours yeah. with an extra O. Love that for choosing colour palettes. So I, stu- I found that lilac purple. I love lilac. I think like choosing that as my brand, oh my gosh, three, four years ago. And it's just kind of slowly trickled into my wardrobe. I have a lot of lilac now. <laughs> I don't intentionally wear it usually on work calls, but yeah, I wear it quite a lot. I feel like it's a very complimentary color. Love it in spring and summer. So yeah, definitely chose the brand first and it's kind of trickled into my everyday life. I mean, even like my high, I've got like purple highlighters, purple washi tape. <laughs> so if anybody needs to know this will be the side effect when you really get obsessed <laughs> with your brand it will happen i you know what totally resonate fun fact uh it's not on me right now so even if you're watching youtube you can't see it but i did correct in myself my husband found um in one of those neighbor apps so not even like you know vintage or anything he found um yellow leather jacket and it's already like really leather jacket is like yay and then yellow is like so um, I got it, like, kind of, it was literally new. The lady never wore it because it was too small on her and it fits me. And I was like, this is a sign from the gods. And I was so happy because I love yellow. I think our brand colors are between yellow and black. Black because I like the element of black and white as well. But yellow is really the accent and I've been fighting it for so long. Like at some point, my personal brand colors were beige. And I was like, what, what, why, why, why beige? I'm not a beige person. Like, again, and this disclaimer for anybody, if you've been listening long enough, you know I'm not a beige person. But it's kind of funny how sometimes your colors find you. Uh, and then, you know, slowly I'm starting as well to be like, maybe I should have an accent of yellow on this and on that. And then it becomes yeah. like a snowballing effect. So at some point I'll have washi tape as well. I'll let you know when that happens. Oh, yeah. That's the dream. That's when you know you've made it. You've, you've solidified your brand colors there. <laughs> But like I know other creators, I believe she's called Pink Sparrow Social. I mean, it's even in her Instagram handle and she wears that pink blazer all the time. And it's kind of like then you spot her in the feed as well. I'm not that specific, especially my reels. I kind of like to mix up the clothes. I actually wear a lot of green, funnily enough. But um, yeah, she's really honed in on that and made that like her brand visually as well. I love that. And thank you for bringing her up as well. I was kind of thinking about who else. And she definitely comes comes up too because I follow her too. And so I see I see the blazer coming up. And I think that's also why, again, aside from like the grunge, the grunge, because it's what it's called, where if you cannot see it because you're listening, like a little grunge, grunge shirt, very kind of flannel vibes. But if not, I have my little alt marketing kind of black tee on. And he, I think it became a bit more subconscious, but it's kind of like, it's kind of started to get on me and it's not as much as diligent as her example, but I do find that it really helps me if anything, even if not from a branding perspective, just from a mentality perspective, I kind of know that I'm in work mode where I have a couple of things that I choose to wear, especially if I'm recording and filming. I love the fact that again, you also have green that kind of pops in as well. I find that the only thing, and I don't know, I don't think you have the same, but I know that how I am I have to remind myself that if everything is not perfect I can still record something I can still show up you know sometimes I'm the perfectionist in me is out and is like 
but you haven't got the right thing or you, you know, everything is not kind of well. So I'm trying to make sure that a t-shirt is not going to stop me from creating content. But sometimes I thought about it. I was like, oh, I don't have the t-shirt. Oh, when the wash, what am I going to do? And I'm like, fab, <laughs> seriously, shut up. Do you, <laughs> do you have any clients' experiences that, or maybe yourself, it doesn't sound like it, but yourself or your clients, anybody kind of looking for the perfect, like everything to be perfect in order to create content? Oh, yeah. I don't also don't know if it's also a little bit of an excuse like oh everything's not perfect so I can't really do it today and I'm like but nothing is ever perfect really like I I actually told a story in my group coaching call a few weeks ago about how um I filmed a reel and I hated the lighting like after I'd finished recording it I was like it looks so dingy and dark and just not at all it does not look good on reels and everyone was like wow I'm so shocked because I thought it was a really good reel and it's funny seeing our coach also have these same struggles makes us feel a bit better about it as well I mean more on a personal level I would never record a reel without putting makeup on first like back in the day like when I first started and now I'm like well I need to get the content out it's not about exactly what I look like it's about the information I'm delivering and how I deliver it and you know if my hair's not perfect or you know I'm not wearing any makeup which is me all the time I barely wear makeup so I'm like why would I put this front on for everybody else I would rather be wearing like something cool in the video than my skin look perfect so that's kind of been a thing for me and I've actually had people comment like love that you're recording reels without makeup and I'm like oh I don't know how I feel about it being that obvious (laughs) (laughs) like thanks but but you know what I love that you brought that element up though so thank you for sharing because I think that's one of the things that sometimes we forget about and it's you actually said something right before before obviously the mention of the makeup itself which is also the information and the delivery and it goes back to that idea of quantity versus quality which i'm sure we're gonna throw it at some point today we're talking about instagram today everybody hello and welcome so uh as we said as i said in the intro so for sure it's gonna be definitely part of the conversation but i also find that again i think sometimes we almost focus on the wrong side of quality like we focus on the production quality the light quality for example um and even things like which are good like you know the editing and the cuts and making maybe things a bit more dynamic is great um but i find that especially if you build trust and i would love to hear your opinion on this and i promise then we'll go to the actual questions for the podcast but i love it. we're already on a tangent and i'm running with it um i was reading um something so i was doing some research for our community for our course library and we look at tactics every week i share a tactic and something that really jumped out at me was this thing from the head of marketing and mighty networks which is a, a community platform and he said very interestingly like a bit like controversially so i want to hear your opinion it was i like, forget the hooks and the subject lines and i was like okay still a hook so let's read through the hook anyway yeah. um, <laughs> right. you know what i mean but i was like fine Let's give him grace for that. But I was reading and what I love that he said that really jumped, like stood out is that it's finding the balance between, yes, focusing on the strong hooks, so yeah, focusing on the subject lines. But also if you, I agree with him on this, if you build a relationship with your audience through which you deliver great content inside the email, so you deliver great content for the videos, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, the hooks are great for newer audiences, but building trust should be as important, if not more important than trying the perfect subject line. And I love that perspective because I know that when I talk about emails, I talk about, you know, subject lines all the time. It's fair. When I see a lot of obviously coaches and people on Instagram talking about content and we all know the importance of hooks makes the world go around. 
So I love this perspective because it was almost like, well, if you focus more on building the trust, people that know you and they love you will open that email just to see what you're going to talk about. It might not be super relevant for them, but the subject line doesn't matter as much as seeing your name next to that email. Same when you pop on the feed. So what's your opinion on that? Because I love that and it kind of made me think a bit as well. Mm, Yeah, I'd actually never thought about it like that. Even when I'm talking with my clients about talking to your current followers as well on Instagram, I do still say the hook is so important because it's it's, it's almost like going back to clickbait articles. If you're not delivering what you say right from the get-go or setting an expectation, people are so just wrapped up in easily, I can scroll past this so easily. So what would make me stay on it? I do like it though of like, yes, sometimes you know a person, you know a creator or a business owner, you know they deliver good info. So you kind of give them the benefit of the doubt of like, this is going to be a good video regardless of what they say in the hook or the first three seconds. But where I would kind of go opposite to that is a lot of content I see on Instagram nowadays and a lot of the issue of why people work with me is because they focus on what I call nurture content. So it's content that's based on your audience already knowing who you are, what you do, why you do it. So it's almost like you're talking to them as if they're familiar with you. And that's great for building trust, great for building that loyalty and those connections, but you are not going to grow with that content because these people, when you get growth content, you're talking to people that have never heard of you. They have no idea what you do, what kind of experiences you have, what uh, value you can share with them. So if you talk to them and rely on the trust, there is no trust. You're starting from ground zero. So I do like that idea for nurture content, but I see so many people focusing unintentionally on nurture content that they're not bringing new people to their page and they're not then taking it further to actually sell their products or services so it's great for that middle ground but not good for growth which is where a lot of people are actually struggling let me do a little happy dance (laughs) you can't see it you can imagine whatever it is every so often i do one so the listeners if you're not watching on youtube you can just put your imagination up to play why am i dancing everybody because you hit the nail on the head first of all yes but I'm going to double down on that and I think go from a perspective, obviously working with a lot of marketers as well as business owners. I think with business owners, which is always a big part of the subset of the audience that you support when it comes to Instagram, it's um, it's an element of obviously seeing what others do. And I love what you mentioned. I think you literally resonate in how they think. But again, also working with marketers. So when you are thinking about it doing for a client or multiple clients or a company, I think is always that reminder that when you are inside something, like psychologically speaking, you live it and breathe it so much. You kind of look at it so much that it's really hard to kind of step back and be like, what do people need to know? Which goes back to what you just said. What do my people need to know to get an idea of who I am and how I can support them if they had no idea of who I am? And when you think about it, it's obvious. This is a question that everybody would ask because not everybody's past the brand awareness point when it comes to your brand journey. But we don't think about it. For some reason, again, as, as as you said, there's this nurture kind of mentality, which is great. But part of me thinks is because we almost need to rewire a bit of how we think when we approach social platforms. Like we know that it's brand awareness mainly. Obviously, there is some retention and there is some conversion. But, but still, we don't understand the brand awareness genuinely means how many people can we introduce ourselves to and explain in a very short period of time that it's worthwhile following us on our journey. So that's why I love it, because I think it's honestly 
as much of a mindset shift as it is actually a strategy shift because we generally tend to forget. Even I make that mistake. I don't know if you made it at the beginning or if you realized that switch, but for us, it happened a couple of months ago. I think I had to re-remind myself of like, if I don't tell people why we do things differently or how we're different, I cannot expect everybody to know all the time. So I need to reintroduce that into the mix. Is it something that you kind of always had at the back of your head or you had to also yourself relearn that for yourself? No, definitely had to relearn it. I totally agree when you're in it. It's so like, of course, everybody knows what I do and why I'm different. But no, absolutely, people do not. Like, even if you tell them once, people are going to forget or they didn't see it or they didn't follow you at that time. There's so many reasons why they would not know that information or remember that information. And a little hack here is for growth content, introductory posts are incredible for growth. So it's something I've done multiple times. It's something I teach all my clients to do in my program. And it's basically a post that explains some kind of transformation that you've had as a business owner that reflects an outcome that your target audience wants as well. So for me, mine was how I made Instagram my full-time job. So it was very simple. It was just a timeline post of pretty much how I worked my way up at the future as an employee to being a full-time Instagram coach. And the reason it performed so well, it actually reached over a million people organically. It was insane. People loved it because everybody who works with me are service-based businesses. They want to use Instagram organically to market their business. They want to do it full-time. So seeing what I was doing, what my goals were, and how many followers I had at each stage as well was so reflective of how they can kind of replicate that for themselves. So it was a major post and I mistakenly only did this like once every four or five months but every time I did talk about my journey it would always be a top performing post and same for my clients when they would tell their story of how they got from A to B or a big lesson that they learned or why they do what they do almost always it's a top performing post for all of them as well. So it really shows that just showcasing more about yourself, why you're different, how you got to where you are, is major for building that trust and getting people to come to your page. So specific metrics to look at that is like reach for non-followers, not just your actual followers. And engagement like comments and likes people love this stuff they go wild for it getting so many comments of like your journey is so impressive I want to achieve the same thing it's just remarkable how much you can connect with people by simply sharing your story yes to be honest I kind of feel like we cheated now because my first official question as a listener is like are you going to ask the official questions? was about <laughs> teaching us something. So now you can teach us something else, which yay, score. Two lessons, excellent. But I just wanted to follow up on that as well. Another element, which I love what you mentioned, especially the story piece. And what I think as well that happens, because it happens with me, if let's say you, even if you used another post or there was another post or reel or whatever, that got people to find out who you are, you naturally, just like you will go to an about page or to a place to tell you what people do, on a website, you see that these pages are the ones that obviously when people are interested, people want to find out more. Or for example, if you're a school, our most clicked page is courses because we're a school. Derp. You know, but you don't think about it. And I think what I've noticed for me as well is that people still like the about me uh, pin post for the school, like, you know, who I am, like kind of like, you know, who we are, but also who I am. And it's because 
is also that repeated kind of interest of people like, okay, I just discovered you. I see there's a post that kind of tells me a bit more about who you are. Yes, your bio does what it does. But I think, as you say, that story element really gets people interested. And a lot of people are looking for them because it kind of gives them more context. So absolutely love that. And I'm going to cheat and I'm going to ask you the first question. By the way, I threw out the icebreakers. There was no need to break the ice. The ice was broken. It was great. What is one more thing? Yes, one more thing <laughs> that you can teach our students or listeners in one minute or so. So if you were to pick another act or another thing, maybe a smaller things people can do, what would that be in a minute or so? Okay, I love this. Are you setting the timer? <laughs> Imaginary stopwatch, let's go. I got, okay. I got my imaginary stopwatch ready. Okay, awesome. So I would say be more intentional with your content. This is the biggest thing I teach everybody I work with. So what that means is we're really reflecting on what we've talked about already. So my content strategy is GNC, which stands for Grow, Nurture, Convert. So we've talked about the nurture content. This is what most people do the most of. It's very much about building that those relationships with people, building the know, like, and trust factor. So talking to people as if they already know who you are and what you do but if you need to bring more people to your page which we always need to do we don't want to oversaturate our current following you need to talk to people that have no idea who you are or what you do just yet so that's where you kind of teach someone something in 15 seconds or less you make them think differently about uh, something in your niche you give them a quick win you share your story it's basically just talking to these people and getting them to come to your page then once you've done that and you've started the nurture content that's where you do convert content so that's where you actively are like this post is directly to sell to my clients whether or not you give value first and then kind of talk about your product or you just go straight into your product or service totally up to you but the biggest thing from your content strategy is the differentiation between those three types of content I see everybody trying to do all three things at once and it is near impossible especially for people that have never done it before so have the intention have that growth nurture convert and be more purposeful with each type of content i'll be a bit more than a minute but i'm still yeah i was thinking that too. I was like, I was like, too long. <laughs> but it was full of goodness so i don't care and also we make the rules and we break the rules so yeah. um and one thing that i loved about that is that kind of reminder of breaking it down we were talking to um sophie uh, who is one of our co-hosts for our weekly uh, podcast a couple of months back in summer. And uh, what was really interesting is that we we're talking about how a lot of the content that we consume on social media is more snack type content. And I think it's an analogy that still works really well. For me, it's also in the fact that I see that intentionally a lot of the posts, obviously I'm not talking about Twitter because there's not much you can do about that. But even within places like Twitter, if not Instagram, because that's what we're talking about today, you know, we tend to focus more on one concept. You know, long gone are the days, at least that I'm seeing, well, we have 75,000 different tips for one thing in one post and the carousel becomes a buffet because it's really hard then for us to take action or to kind of understand what we're trying to get away from something. Whereas I find that these days, um, even the content itself, that one piece of content is also more targeted in the delivery and the takeaway. So to me, it makes so much more sense to then align the strategy to that based on what you said. But I think because of what you said, a lot of people tend to do all three. That's why I was nodding like crazy, like, yes, yes. And I think we have to unlearn that. We have to like remind ourselves, how can we make sure that it's really clear what the intent is? 
it's not as much about the call to action. You can still have one call to action, but the intent of the post can be all over the place if you're not careful. As you say, you can actually almost kind of say and introduce so many things that even when it gets to the call to action, people are really confused. So I love that you mentioned that. And I just wanted to add, I see it overall as the way that content is currently at least going, especially on Instagram as a platform, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, totally. And to your point as well, I literally had a client last week. He started a new reel series where he starts off with like, ever wondered? And then he goes into like, ever wondered why there's cracks in the floor? Or he's an architect. So he goes into these like funny details or ever wondered how they heat a wall underground or something like this. So he goes into these reel series. They're really cool, really informative. Love the way he was filming them as if he you're there with him and he's talking directly to you. And he was like they're performing like crazy but yet no one's engaging so how am I getting so many likes but no one's commenting or you know actually engaging with it and I was like well you didn't ask them to and he said what do you mean and I was like there's no CTA there you're just giving them the information there's no read the caption there's no did you know this already there's no do you want more of this so it's just so simple to be like just simply asking people a question or asking them if this is the type of content they want that CTA is like so important and yes you can like whip something up so quick and it has a major impact but that's what I mean of going in with the intention so if he wants people to comment he needs to know that when he puts the reel on and make to actually take the action to encourage people to comment that's why you need to have the intention before you actually post the content Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm going to literally agree with everything else say today. We <laughs> accepted that. That's going to be the vibe. We're going to all embrace it. It's fine. Okay, cool. Now we agree on that. I have a question about still a tactic or a strategy or a framework of your choosing, but that you learned from somebody else. Is there something that you learned from somebody else that stood out for you that you can think of? Oh, that's a good question. Yes, actually, I would say my sales coach has definitely taught me some some great things there. And it's more about just how to approach selling in your DMs, which I think is definitely underrated. A lot of business owners will be like, just send people to their websites. A lot of people don't know about me. I run my entire business on Instagram. So I do not have a newsletter yet, which I it is in the works finally after like nearly four years. But I do everything on Instagram. So I get people to find me there. I'm not on any other platform. I DM people. We go up until we actually jump on a call together and physically start working together. That's when we leave Instagram. So selling in the DMs has been a major part of my business. And something he taught me was, a lot of people kind of just ask random questions. They're like, okay, let me try and cherry pick something. Like what's the client struggling with? Whereas what he taught me was if you can actually keep it to three to five messages, that's kind of the sweet spot with talking to people in DMs. So start broad, ask a simple question. So mine might be something like, what are you struggling with on Instagram? Or what's your biggest challenge on Instagram at the moment? Leave it nice and broad, let them get specific. And then when they give you that response, go deep on that, not wide. That was a major game changer for me. So if somebody says, I'm struggling to get leads on Instagram, don't then say, okay, and how many followers have you grown by in the last month? That's irrelevant. Stick to what they've said, use their language back, go deep on that sales issue, not wide on what else could be a problem. As soon as they identify, identify something that you can help them with, script that solution for them. So like, okay, great. I can help you sell on Instagram by doing this. How about we schedule a call to chat about it further? 
And it's as simple as that. So a big thing was before I'd be like asking them all these questions, the DM conversations would be going on for days. Eventually they'd probably ghost you because ain't nobody got time for that, let's be honest. So it's like, let's just go quick. You know, what? let's get deep on this problem. As soon as I can spot something that I can help you with, cool, Let's. this is how we take this further. If you're interested, let's do it. If not, cool too. And just kind of read the room. Hey dear listener, it's Fab here. As you may know, here at Alt Marketing School, we're all about optimizing and being efficient. And one tool that's been an absolute game changer for us, Notion. Absolutely, we use Notion daily to streamline the business, from project management to content calendars, note-taking, and even podcast coordination. It's all housed under one beautiful roof. And for all our marketer friends out there, imagine the time you could save when all your information is in one place. Say goodbye to juggling multiple platforms and hello to unified productivity. But here's where it gets even better, with Notion AI. With the power of artificial intelligence, you can automate tasks, get insightful recommendations and make your marketing projects run even smoother. Harness the future today and see how Notion can revolutionize the way you work. Trust us, once you dive into Notion, you'll wonder how you ever managed your life without it. Want to give Notion a spin? Head over to amschool.click slash Notion to get started. That's amschool.click slash Notion. And now back to the show. You know what I also love about that? First of all, I what I absolutely love about that, I really love something that you mentioned on passing, but I'm going to pick on that because I think everything else makes total sense and there's so much, so much goodness. But you also said... Um, you know, repeat their language back to them. And I think that's so important and so underrated. So on top of being specific, that's part of it, but I just want to make sure that it didn't get lost in all the awesomeness. You know, using their language is so important and that's what we also do. And I've been doing more and more kind of learning my our audience's language and how they would say things so they can actually funnel them and start collecting those words and those sentences and those problems in a way that actually they would look out for them or they would look for answers. So I think it's really interesting that you mention it in there. That's also very interesting about how much you can get out of the DM strategy because I think a lot of people know about it. A lot of people are still skeptical about it. A lot of people don't know if it's that kind of like, you know, conversations that they really want to pursue, but it's so interesting to see how well it works for you because it means it can work. So definitely inspired some listeners to actually give it a go. Yes. I get so many people do this and they're like, oh, but it's, it's, they think about it as cold outreach, but I never reach out to anybody who doesn't spark the conversation first. So if you're kind of wondering today, well, how do I even get people to start DMing me? I use it as my CTA a lot. So if you look at my content, I might give a tip and then say, if you're struggling with this and you'd like to know more, I cover this in my program, DM me IAP to find out more at the very minimum. Stories, best place to do it because they can literally reply to your story with that CTA. But there's just, there's so many other ways that you can do it too. And my favorite one as well, if you're like, what's the easiest way to kind of just get people interested is maybe throw a poll up say I help people do this. So you get very specific. So for me, it'd be like, I help service-based businesses create better content on Instagram in less time and sell and reach their ideal clients. Is this something that you're interested in? So like, would you want to work with me? Yes or no? Anyone who votes yes, 
send them a DM and be like, hey, I noticed you said, yes, you're interested in this. Tell me more about, you know, what you're looking for help with. So it's a great way of if you're not getting people actively reaching out to you, all they do is vote in that poll. It's very low committal on their end, but then it helps you start that conversation. It's not completely cold because they've actually engaged with you first and you have a reason to as well. So you start the convo with, you know, hey, I noticed you said yes in the poll and then you continue the conversation there. Thank you. <laughs> gold. I, w- I will stay on that, but we've got more questions and more gold that I want to hear from you. In fact, actually, this I'm really interested about because obviously understanding how much of the business you run for Instagram, what is the one tool that you absolutely love for Instagram? What would be one tool that, if you can, maybe one that maybe is a bit more underrated, not like, you know, Canva, if, if it is, that's also fine. But is there one tool that you can think of that really helps you when it comes to running your business on Instagram? Oh, I mean, there's a few. I've really struggled to pick one. I guess one that's maybe not well known since you mentioned Canva too. I actually create most of my content in Keynote, which is like most people, if you don't know, it's that presentation software that you get for free on Macs. You probably haven't used it since you had to do a presentation at uni and you're like, I never want to see this again. I get it. I used to use Photoshop and I was introduced to Keynote by Christo from the future and it was a game changer. I love the simplicity of it. I have my own paid fonts in there. I've got all my templates. For me, it's just a lot less overwhelming and distracting than Canva because a lot of the design elements I actually make myself. If I'm really short on it, I might make something in Canva, like like a little symbol to go in the background, export it as a PNG and then throw it in Keynote. But everything is done and finalized in Keynote, which a lot of people are like, first of all, what is it? And secondly, how do you use it? But I love it. It's so good. It gave me a little flashbacks myself of like, yeah. and I think when I started Creative Impact, which was my previous company, so we go back years and years. And I remember I, we did our first courses because I've been doing courses for a very long time uh, there. And I remember there were some keynotes that were saved in the cloud. And I think kind of when we closed the company, I was kind of going through things and I saw them and I was like, oh my God, I used to do all my presentations in keynote. It's been such a long time. And I had a little like tear be like, oh, my old friend, I hope what you're doing. So... I absolutely love the use in it. It's such a little throwback. So let us know if you do know Kino as well. Listeners and watchers, if you do use it or if you have used it, let us know because it makes us feel, you know, less from the old times, I guess. L, we talked about learning a lot. Sprinkled. Unlearning as a concept a few times already today. But I'm going to sprinkle it again. Can you think about something that you have unlearned recently and how it has improved either your work or your life? Ooh, unlearned recently. That's a good one. Because I know a lot of people get stuck in a lot of things as well. So what's really been thrown around for me is a lot of these phrases on Instagram that everybody hears all the time. And they're like, what does that even mean? So be consistent. I'm sure everybody's heard that for the last few years. And they're like, what does that even mean? So sometimes it is about unlearning these things that you hear 24 seven and really realizing what that means for you as well. A big thing for me was feeling like you have to create content from scratch every single time. This is a big thing, a big misconception a lot of my clients have is that they feel like every single post has to be new, has to be different, has to be unique and something they haven't said before. And what I've really honed in on in the last year is saying one thing a hundred different times. 
So not saying a hundred different things, because if you want to become known for one thing, and if you're a service-based provider on Instagram, you probably do need this. So for me, I want to be known for making Instagram easy. Yes, I'm an Instagram coach, but my whole thing is let's simplify it. It doesn't have to be complicated. To do this, there's certain things I need to talk about, which are my content pillars. So five things I need to talk about on a consistent basis in order to become known for one thing. But if I only talk about, let's say, what hashtags to use, and I mention that once and I move on, that's not going to help me in the long run. Like we said before, there's so many reasons why someone might have missed that previous post. So they weren't online that day or the the hook didn't get them so they didn't even bother reading the post or they didn't follow you at that time there's so many reasons why you need to repeat your message but people are like oh but won't they get bored or I'll get bored as a content creator and it's like that's how you learn to say things in new ways so what I teach and my strategies that I teach I say these things a lot and people might not even click that I've seen it a lot but it's as a creator it's my job to be like how can I share this in a way that resonates so if I said it one way before how how can I differently phrase this or give them a new perspective or tell a new story that has the same kind of message so that was something I did have to unlearn was not every piece of content has to be super fresh and super new it's actually going to benefit you a lot more to be like what do I stand for what do I want to be known for and how can I repeat these things in different ways to really get it through people's heads so I'm not sure if people are familiar but they say on average it takes seven posts for somebody to finally take action and want to work with you and probably even reach out to you so you got to think don't put so much pressure on each post to really hone in and do its job that's where people start trying to be like I need to grow and build relationships and sell with this one piece of content that's not how it works. Really think about it. You are in this for the long term. What you can do is spread out over the next few years, right? So if you have on a weekly basis, you need individual posts for growth, for nurture and convert, but all together, these things accumulate over time. Stop putting so much pressure on each post to be like this golden nugget that's going to change the world. (laughs) Yes. Again, one more time. But I love what you said as well about, you know, kind of wanting to be known for one thing and so kind of learning how to say that one thing in so many different ways. And I think that is also where some of us may struggle, especially when you're more more multi-hyphenate as a human and as even like a professional and you want to show up in different ways. And I generally believe that's where it's about really going back to where do you want to show up and how do you want to show up in the different channels and places and how 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 do you want to be perceived? So I just want to say this for any multi-hyphenate person like myself. They're like, how, you know, how can I combine that with maybe showing different different sides of me? And I think it's a very interesting exercise. So thank you so much for sharing that because it reminds us of understanding that also as a way to really kind of grow that connection as well of who we are and how people perceive us this is the person that will help me with x y and z or they support me with this that will help me make this change for example in my instagram strategy before we get into quick fire is there one lesson that you can think of that a teacher or a mentor has taught you that has really supported you when it comes to your growth I definitely, a lot changed for me when I created my program last March, I believe it was, was when I officially launched it. So I worked with a business coach who really helped me kind of hone in on what my offer was. And I think a lot of people struggle with this too, is like, what, what can I, how can I serve the world in a way that isn't already being served? And something that really helped me hone in on that was 
yes, I mean, I've been consulting. I've been a social media manager for going on eight years now. So I have a lot of experience in who my clients are, what they struggle with and how I can best help them. So it's not like I randomly created this program out of thin air without any previous knowledge. I knew what the big things were to be covered. But what he really helped me hone in on was why it's different for me. So how can I sell this? And something that I teach a lot of my clients now is, yes, you have your offer, but people buy into you especially on Instagram. So as creators, when we show up, if you are copying somebody else in your in your niche that is doing the same thing, they have a similar offer and you deliver it in the same way, there's no differentiation there, right? So a lot of people work with me. They say to me, yeah, like, I know I'm not the only Instagram coach online. I like, I know there's hundreds of us, there's gurus, there's everybody out there who claims they know everything about Instagram. But why people choose to work with me is because, they're like I trust you I like the way that you teach I like what you stand for so you know I'm not all about dancing on reels I'm not about overnight growth hacks and I'm honest about that I'm not trying to please everybody and so having that kind of that statement and knowing who I am helps people connect with me as well I actually have that question on my form so when you book a call with me about to talk about my program there is a question that says why do you want to work with me and it's not just a way of me trying to get free compliments I'm genuinely curious like why do people choose me over somebody else and so many people say you know it's how you show up it's how you teach I really value the same things as you so it shows the importance of representing yourself even if you're a business owner or an agency and there's maybe multiple people there they want to know who is behind that brand Instagram is so transparent these days that you can't just hide behind a brand and not really showcase the people or what you stand for, what you teach. This is your chance to let that shine as well and use that to differentiate yourself from everybody else. I absolutely love that. And actually what what made me smile is that when we do our survey after our certification, so at the end of the cohort and we ask, so what are some of the things that stand out for you and what are the things that you love the most? And people say, like, it's it's my energy. I am the head teacher, so I show up a lot. Obviously, there are other teachers as well that come in. A lot of it is also kind of me delivering and supporting. And it makes me smile in the way that it is actually how, how we all the space. Part of me, you know, I kind of start with the, with the idea of is what we teach that is different, which it is. As you say, people buy from people, people connect with people. So it's that unique mix that no matter if somebody else comes out with a program similar to yours or with, you know, a qualification similar to ours, because, you know, that might happen. You know, there's so much that you can do when it comes to create something unique. What is unique is the stories that you bring, the way that you teach, the way that you deliver, the way that you support your people. And I think it's a great reminder, especially where sometimes we feel stunted on whether we should do something, whether something has been done. And it's a great reminder. So thank you again for sharing. I think a lot of us need to hear that on a more regular basis than we think we do. Listen up, all Marketing School fam. I know you have so many ideas in the head of yours, yet struggling to find the time and accountability you need to make marketing work smarter for you. Which is why... I want to remind you about All Access Pass and All Marketing School course library. Think of it as your treasure trove. Pack with our self-paced masterclasses and workshops, tactics and templates, specifically created for marketers like you, who aim to channel their superpowers for good. But hey, what's even more exciting is that you're not just getting courses, you're stepping into a whole new world. 
It's a place where you're surrounded by your passionate community of marketing rebels, which are kind of like your cheerleading squad. Let's be honest, marketing can be a complex puzzle, but we're here to eliminate the guesswork. We're offering you try and tested tactics to sharpen your strategy. Depending on the plan you choose, you can look forward to full access to our self-paid courses, project submission and feedback opportunities, our expert workshop library, as well as monthly upskilling series and weekly tactics that will really help you stay updated and get accountability when it comes to actually making some progress in your work. We also have monthly office hours, workshops, expert panels, and sprints. So you will be able to access our whole template vault with ready to use Notion, Canva, and Google templates, making your life easier. Oh, and did I mention our swipe files and the community matchups? Oh, and the quarterly live deep dives, which are actually valued at £247, but they're included for you and your membership. Well, all this knowledge, community and more is just a click away. If you want to join us, simply head to amschool.click slash library. That's amschool.click slash library. On with our episode. A big thing too is kind of like not thinking of everyone else as competitors as well. So uh, people who do my program, I've actually, I do have social media managers, Instagram coaches or aspiring Instagram coaches do my program and they're like, oh, can I use this? Or I see them creating content on things that I teach in my program almost to the point where I read it and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's what I say in the video, but where it still comes in, like I could be like, don't do that. You know, you can't steal this or you can't use my content strategy. I always think, you know, if you want to go ahead and you want to teach these things, I mean, a lot of what I teach as well, it is going around. A lot of people know these things or they're marketing tactics that have been around for centuries that we've just kind of developed into social media strategies. When people kind of take these things, I think, well, you're still not going to teach it the way that I teach it. You could literally have access to my program, sell it yourself, but you would sell it differently. When people jump on the coaching calls with you, you would wouldn't give the same advice that I would because you don't have my experience and you don't have my stories. So even down to if someone is literally stealing your content and I've had other Instagram coaches literally rip off my posts word for word. But I always think when you work with your clients, you're going to struggle because you don't have that experience and the the stories and things like that, that I would teach. So even if you literally ripped off my program, you know, it really does come down to you and how you can share your unique perspectives on things. It's quick fire questions. They're happening. The section is opening. Are we ready for quick fire? This Let's or that? You got to choose, Elle. You got to choose. Oh, gosh. Right? I'm terrible at making quick decisions. <laughs> Excellent. So, this section is going to be your best friend. No, I'm joking. You're going to be great. I promise. Um, we're going to start with an easier one, hopefully. Spotify playlist or podcast? Oh, Spotify playlist. Harder <laughs> territory here. Voice note or text? text i voice notes stress me out especially when they're like a minute long i feel like i have to take notes to then reply to <laughs> a minute i mean i've had five minutes and trust me when i see that coming oh. in i'm like strap in 1.5 yeah, no. speed let's go for it yeah speed that baby up mate nobody got time for that what is this <laughs> very true actually very very true now this i'm interested in because i know that you kind of 
create both types of content. So maybe if you want, you can share both from um, a creator and a consumer, I guess, or a user. Carousels or reels? I knew you were going to ask this question. Okay. I mean, ask everybody. If... Ask everybody. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I'd say if you've come to my page, you know I love a tax carousel. It is my bread and butter. It will always be my OG. Reels do have their place. And I would say, I love that you said like from different perspectives, because I think the way that you deliver the information is different in both of those formats. So carousels, you absolutely can reach people with these. You know, like I said earlier, I had my introductory carousel that reached over a million people organically. So when people say I use reels for reach, it's not always the case. I just think it's how you deliver the information best. So some people are much more suited to be on camera they can talk for a minute but they would struggle to put all that text in a carousel that is naturally flowing that makes people want to swipe and isn't overwhelming the biggest issue with carousels i see is information overload they are jam-packed so i would say it's, it's down to what your strengths are personally for me because i'm a great writer i mean i don't mean to like big myself up but i feel like i am a great writer i can really simplify a message and i love thinking how to portray that visually in a carousel i would always use carousels as my preferred format but what I've started doing and a little content hack for everybody is I prioritize my carousels and then I literally film what it says in the carousel as a reel. So I know that the carousel is the best for me. It's, it comes more naturally. It's easier for me to create. So I prioritize that and then I just reformat it in other formats that are maybe not as naturally easy for me to create. Love that. And I think it also goes back to that idea of kind of understanding what are your strengths? Because I've, I've been fighting a lot. It's kind of funny. I've been fighting a lot against the video, even if video is my strength, but I'm a writer by trade. So I struggle, but I realized that, you know, I like writing in my newsletter or in our newsletters. I like to write articles, whereas for carousels, I feel like I'm doubling the work so much more that I struggle. I want to like them because I love writing. So the reason why I wanted to say this is because just like you mentioned as well, is understanding what works for you and that conjunction of like, which one can you prioritize? And I love the idea. I do the other way around usually. It's a real first and then a carousel. But, you know, it's because I know that it's easier for me to create, you know, so it's kind of making that choice depending on, and it might be that you actually, as again, love writing in general, but it doesn't feel right. Or it might be that the camera doesn't feel right for you. So thank you for sharing because I think that's very interesting. Now, quick fire still, TikTok or YouTube? Oh, uh, YouTube. <laughs> That was a tough one. I just, I feel like anyone who's on Instagram and prioritizes that too is like, oh, go away, TikTok. Like the, the meme of, um, I'm, you know, you're an adult when you don't see the things on TikTok, you see it as an Instagram reel like three weeks later. That is me. <laughs> I absolutely love that. And last but not least, the hardest one, probably, potentially, memes or GIFs? Oh. I was literally like, memes, no gifts, no memes. Uh, probably memes, I guess. Yeah, I'd say memes. Yeah, they're just, they're, they're OG, aren't they? Like, you can't go wrong with a good meme. <laughs> very true, very true. You cannot go wrong. Now, uh, a few more questions before we close. The first one is, what is the last picture that you took on your phone? Oh, I don't have it on me, but I can almost guarantee it's of my dog. <laughs> I love it. Love the certainty yeah. of it as well. What's the name of your dog? Lou. Good old Lou. Oh, excellent. Yeah. A little, a little <laughs> shot of Lou. Yeah. Awesome. Now, 
I usually ask what's your favorite social media platform right now. I know the answer. So I'm going to ask you actually, who should we follow on Instagram aside from your lovely self? Who will be one person that we should go and follow right now? There is a lady called, I believe it's Maya Nicole or Maya Nickel. She's awesome. She's another Instagram guru, coach, expert, whatever you want to call them. And she's awesome. I just really simplifying that content as well. Yeah, she does very similar things to me, but completely different style. Really like her. She's great. Amazing. Okay, so we'll make sure that people can go and peruse. And finally, before we close, if you could broadcast one message, Elle, onto everybody's phone, what would that message say? Probably everybody. Let's see, guys, what message do you all need today? A little positivity in your life. I would say experiment and take the risk. That's the biggest thing. A mindset, funnily enough, is a huge issue that my clients come into that I wasn't really anticipating as well. I guess for me as a creator, even when I'm not 100% about something or I'm not like, I don't know if it's going to work. I'll just be like, well, let's just post it and see, you know, that's the best way to, to, to find the results. But a lot of my clients get stuck, almost paralyzed in that of, I don't know how to do this, or is this good enough? So experimentation is a huge part of Instagram. Even people who are established like myself are still trying new things out. The algorithm is always changing. So if you are ever, in doubt post it and see that is all I always tell my clients this like well we're never going to know unless you actually post it I literally posted a story today about my client who it was all about assumptions on Instagram so she has a Lithuanian account and when she joined my program she created an account in English and she basically was like well the English account's going to do better because the English market is familiar with growing a community on Instagram they have the finances to actually purchase a program about this and they're more familiar with what I teach but it's majorly overcrowded you know in the English speaking market it's just like me I'm teaching people how to build communities on Instagram she didn't realize that actually the Lithuanian account was gonna skyrocket she's more than tripled her audience size she's getting constant leads about working with her and it's because in the Lithuanian market that is underserved they do not have that Mm -hmm. right now they don't have these Instagram coaches that can help them so she made the assumption and if she only focused on the English account, she would have never found that actually the Lithuanian one is where the true money and the true help can be shared as well. Excellent reminder. I talk about this with our students all the time, whether it's in the certification or in our course library, I always say, remember that experimenting is one of marketers greatest skills knowing how to experiment and try so when you reflect on anybody who does marketing whether you are you want to call yourself a marketer or not you have to try and then I also say you have to learn from it I think that's the other thing that sometimes we kind of forget about or because time ego other reasons we don't really do it as much as we should so thank you for the reminder because experimenting really helps seeing what happens and what changes because the online world constantly changes anyway especially Instagram yeah absolutely and then I guess it comes down to knowing the analytics too so like okay I tested it how do I know if this works or if it was successful too so again comes in that intention too like what are you actually trying to get out of this and how are you able to measure if it was successful I can't tell you how many clients I have and they're like oh I feel like I could be doing better on Instagram I'm like okay send me a screenshot of your analytics account reaches up by like 50% accounts engages up by like 200% followers are up everything's green i'm like i'm sorry what do you what's the issue here 
So it's also knowing like, how do you actually measure that success as well? But absolutely experimentation is a huge part of it. It's almost like when you're a kid and you assume adults know everything and they've got it all figured out. And then you become an adult and you're like, actually, no, (laughs) we're all just making it up as we go. It's a lot of the same thing in marketing. You've got to try things out, test it. You never know what could work. Likewise with trends, you never know what the next trend could be. Heck, you could even start it. So absolutely try new things. Thank you so much, Hel, for joining us. It has been an absolute pleasure. Now, we're going to let people know where they can ask you more questions if they have them or where they can slide into your DMs now that we know how they can. So (laughs) remind us again where they can find more about you. Yeah, Instagram is always going to be the best place. So I'm at l.social. That's E-L-L-E dot social. A lot of people get mixed up of the like L-E, but yeah, E-L-L-E dot social. Send me a DM, always happy to chat. Um, Oh yeah, give me a follow. I do have a new landing page on my Instagram as well. So there is a little website now if you want to check it out and I will have my newsletter launched as well. So yeah, feel free to connect with me there as well.